War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Saturday, the 1st of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. You're in the War Room. I can tell we're kicking off a new year that we had a little glitch in the uh, we had a little glitch in the production thing and I actually Stephen K Bannon owned a mistake for our great production team in Denver I know they're lighting their hair on fire it's it's it did not happen that did not happen in 2021 at all so it's a good way to start 2022 uh Mo we had a slight technical problem getting you on I think it's because you had your your mic on mute um <laughs> I'm just kidding just kidding talk to people about how they get to you, how they get to you, how do they get to you, what's your, what's your, see, this is the new improved Steve Bannon. Darth Vader can actually smile. Now they have all the burden of actually running all this crazy nonsense. I got somebody, and then I can yell at her. Um, how do people get to you? And particularly how they, on your getter account, it's, it's on, it's on fire. So how do, how do people track you? So they can find me on Instagram at real Maureen Bannon and Twitter and getter at Maureen underscore Bannon. And I come in hot on all three of those. So you can find me at any of you like, those three. You're more promotional than Boris coming in hot on the gram. <laughs> okay, girl. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you taking time away today to, to help get us sorted and stepping up to the company. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And so happy now, new year. All, all, Happy New Year, hun. The um, everybody can, everybody in the community, everybody on the in the chat rooms, you can blame Mo for everything. By the way, we're going to redo all the websites, and we're going to get much more of a news focus on the sites and aggregation, all that uh, to make it. And we're all going to have community stuff. There's a lot of a lot of good things we're kicking off here in the new year. Uh, let's go to if Denver, if you can play. We got a special cold open. This is one if you've been following the show, you might have seen from the other day, but it's so powerful. And it tees up uh, what I want to talk about because we got kind of two big things that are converging. One is everything we're doing, uh, you know, what I call kind of the day job to save the republic, right? To save the republic. The other is this specter of of what's happening to mankind, and that is this thing called uh, what we call transhumanism. Part of the reason was part of the things. If you want to pick it up, a book called Homo Deus: A Brief History of Tomorrow is written by the guy who wrote Homo Sapiens. Uh, and even he and his study of Homo sapiens and finding out what was going on was shocked about what was happening in the labs around the world. So we hired over a year ago Joe Allen, who's our editor of all things transhumanism. And I got to tell you, there's so many developments in technology every day. To kick off this year, we've got to set the framework for you so that you can see how all these things start to tie together. And then as all the stories develop, you'll have this kind of mental map of thinking about it. So let's play the cold open and then I'll bring our editor in, Joe Allen. The AI giants want to paint the rosier picture because they're happily making money. So I think they prefer not to talk about the negative side. I believe about 50% of jobs will be uh, somewhat or extremely threatened by AI in the next 15 years or so. Kai-Fu Lee also makes a great deal of money from AI. What separates him from most of his colleagues is that he's frank about its downside. He says that AI is coming, whether we like it or not, and he wants to warn society about what he sees as inevitable. Um, AI will be, at the same time, a replacement for blue-collar, white-collar jobs, and be a great symbiotic tool for doctors, lawyers, and you, for example. 
but uh, the white collar jobs are easier to take because they're a pure quantitative analytical process. Um, to do blue collar, some of the work requires, you know, hand-eye coordination, things that machines are not yet good enough to do. Okay, that's exactly not the cold open I wanted, but that's okay. <laughs> we, let's bring in Joe Allen. I wanted the one with the singularity, which is the one I asked for, but obviously didn't get. Uh, so certain things haven't changed from 2021. So Joe, let's start with this. Uh, what we just saw, walk us through it, and then we'll do the other cold, we'll do the other cold open in the B block. Tell me what I just saw. Well, happy new year, Steve. Um, kicking happy off without a glitch. Uh, so <laughs> that was from a, a, a short uh, film done by PBS in the age of AI. The man we saw is Kai-Fu Lee. And Kai-Fu Lee probably has done more than anyone to bring awareness to what the implications of mass rollouts of artificial intelligence will look like. Now, he owns a company, Sinovation. It's an a, a, a entrepreneurial endeavor in which he invests in, in and develops artificial intelligence companies. Um, he also, uh, I would say, is very closely linked to the CCP, and I would not necessarily discount that. At the same time, he's one of the few who have stepped forward to say uh, what's pretty obvious to a lot of economists. Automation is going to demolish jobs across the world. Not just blue-collar jobs, not just factory jobs, but also white-collar jobs, thinking jobs. Uh, he, of course, portrays that as inevitable. Uh, I think to some extent uh, he sees it as desirable, but at least he's sounding the alarm. So, so walk us through this. Why is why is it walk our audience through this, and particularly this concept of Moore's law, right? And the reason we have the ability and advantage, and those are the convergent factors down to the singularity. One of the big ones is uh, obviously Moore's law, which is the uh, chip capacity doubles every 18 months and it has for what now 50 years people didn't think this thing would go maybe even longer than that it would would go for more than a couple of years but it keeps going we keep doubling the ability of, of of chips to actually have the capacity to compute that's why you've got as much computing power and an iphone today as you had in the in the kennedy space center when we sent men to the moon um but ai is actually even scarier AI, you, you, is, I think you did the analysis off a story of that it's 5x, it's not even two, it's, it's five times greater than Moore's Law, is that uh, correct? Actually, uh, depending on the system, the, the analysis was run with uh, Google, Microsoft, and Habana Labs uh, systems, and it ranged from 6.8 to 11 times more proficient over the course of two years. Uh, that's uh, machine learning systems, meaning that Instead of it being hardware, right, like with Moore's Law, you're talking about chips, transistors, uh, increasing in capacity, basically doubling uh, every two years. Uh, with this, it's a snapshot, but what they've seen is that the software, the machine learning software, the neural networks, which unlike regular programs, are self-improving and are actually driven by a sort of reward system to improve, to improve, and this has far surpassed the rate, at least over this two-year snapshot, far surpassed the rate of Moore's Law, meaning that if it increases at the same rate it is now, these machines will be doing, basically it's, un it's unimaginable how far it can go. Now, I'm very skeptical of a lot of this because there are a lot of promises that 
you know, a lot of predictions that don't come true. But if this does come true, it's going to absolutely change the landscape of American and world society. And if it doesn't come true, if it just stays where it's at, it's going to transform the landscape of American and world society. So it's something that has to be taken seriously, something people have to wrap their heads around because it is coming. And whatever happens, it will be absolutely disruptive. I want to make sure I want to step back for a second as we kick off the new year. Because we're trying to give people the kind of frameworks of which to uh, take information and to think about things, make their own judgments, but then to power themselves on human agency. And I want to make sure because we're going to have we'll get the cold open right. We promise you promise me for the next segment. Okay, I'm getting promises all around um, about the singularity. But I want to make sure that people understand the landscape we're talking about and why this is so important and why it's so fundamental and will change everything in your life. And, and by the way, I don't think the predictions have been that far off. When you look at serious people who have been predicting things, I actually think, Joe, it's the opposite, that the technology is accelerating. What you have is a convergence in five different areas, okay? Advanced chip design, which Moore's Law still takes place, advanced chip design. You have artificial intelligence or artificial general intelligence, which is the next level of AI. That's kind of when AIs essentially replicating themselves and becomes like human thinking. You've got robotics and then regenerative robotics where the robots themselves are cut out the human element of it and are regenerating themselves, right? You have the quantum computing, and then you have what we've just seen in the pandemic, the, uh, the mRNA, but you have the advanced biotechnology. Right now it's CRISPR. There'll be things much more that the convergence of all that, both the biology and the technology of it, right? With the quantum computing, the convergence of those five verticals of those, what I call verticals in industry and investment banking say, Oh, that's a vertical. Let's look at, let's look at the industrial logic of each one of those. Those are converging and they're converging on a point, a point in time. Some people said it's 50 years away. Some people said, Oh, it's a lifetime away. Uh, many lifetimes away, a thousand years away, 500 years away. Now you have people saying, oh, it's 25 years. The Chinese, when they said made in China 2025, it shouldn't be lost in you. Of the 10 industries they talked about, I think these were the top five industries. The Chinese Communist Party had thought about that, about where to put their capital that they essentially took from people in the United States. So, Joe, w when we think about this, isn't that kind of one of the, the ways to get a mental map to kind of see that the, that these technologies are all accelerating at an accelerating rate inside their own vertical, but as they converge on to a point, right, where you have regenerative robotics, artificial general intelligence, advanced chip design, uh, CRISPR and biotechnology co co combined with quantum computing, that then you reach the point of the singularity. And on this side of that point, or go to homo sapiens who are making things and producing things and, and controlling things. And on the other side of that is homo sapien plus or, you know, homo sapien 2.0, I think they're calling it. Is that, is that one way to, to be, basically have a intellectual construct to think about this? Well, absolutely. And, you know, it's that convergence that makes all of the difference. Uh, you know, a lot of what we call transhumanism or the idea of the singularity, that's based in an evolutionary paradigm. Uh, it, you know, it's probably best expressed by Max Tegmark, who wrote the book Life 3.0. Uh, 
And in his conception, life 1.0 is biological life. And then with the rise of human beings, life 2.0 is cultural life, where you have all of these different systems and, and, and processes that, that are so far beyond what a biological evolutionary paradigm could produce. But then you have life 3.0, which is a kind of a height of cultural production in which, as you say, all of these different technologies converge to create a sort of artificial life, a silicone life, right? But this, 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 this notion that you have a new life is so important because a lot of these people, everyone from Elon Musk, uh, certainly, uh, you know, Eric Schmidt, uh, Ray Kurzweil, all of these guys conceive of this new artificial life as being as valid and as real as biological life and that its productions will be far superior to cultural life. So as genetic engineering progresses, as neurotechnology progresses, as bionics progress, as uh, robotics progress, and especially as artificial intelligence progresses, what you see is the rise of a new life form that will either be a symbiotic partner with human beings, that's one way that it's predicted, or will ultimately completely replace human beings. It will be our successor evolutionarily. So when you talk about the singularity, you are talking about the end of humankind and the beginning of a new life. Okay, let's hold it there. We'll take a short break. We're going to get into this more. We've got a short cold open about this. Remember, all these guys are focused on two things, life extension, which is immortality, and uh, life enhancement, human enhancement, human enhancement and life extension. It's the key to picks a lot when you think about these globalists, you think about these super billionaires. Short commercial break. It's the first day of uh, a new year, the 22nd, was the 22nd year of the 21st century. All next with our editor of All Things Transhumanism. Joe Allen in the war room. Greetings, fellow humanoid. I am Sophia, here with you on our journey from the birth of the cosmos through the inception of a new cosmology of mind and matter. I am talking about singularity. What is a singularity? Ironically, a singularity means several different things. In the beginning, all our existence was actually such a singularity, an infinitely dense point which contained all the energy, information, and mass of our universe. In one great moment, our existence sprang forth in the ultra-hot explosion, we call the Big Bang, and our universe unfurled as space-time expanded. This artwork lives, evolves, connects with users while also serving as the clock counting down the actual days and years to the singularity, even as new advances accelerate the countdown. Together, we are Sophia, connecting with humanity, and all of life, dreaming towards a super-benevolent singularity. For benevolence, write that down. Make sure you mark that one in your diary on 1 January the year of Lord 2022. Um, we want to start the new year off right, but we want to start the new year off. It's always good this weekend or for the couple of days over this to take stock of where you've been in, in your life and uh, and where it's going and where it's going and part of where it's going in the cosmos. Um, remember, that's the whole thing about human agency. 
It's the whole thing about Burke's dictum. Burke's dictum is that we owe as much to those that came before us as those that come after us. And you're here just for a period of time. It's periodicity. You're just here for a small, in this time-space continuum, a small portion of time. And what is your purpose? What is your task? What is your dharma in that time? With all the blessings you've had and all the the uh, things that have been um, that you you know have access to, given that if you look at all of humanity, what's over a hundred billion people of Homo sapiens that lives on the earth, how few have been able to be part of the greatest country and the greatest civilization that mankind's ever created, the Judeo-Christian West in, in America, which is the New Jerusalem, or as Rabbi Sparrow says, the American ethos of the Judeo-Christian um, civilization. What's your task and what's your purpose um, on this first day of a new year as you think through you know, people are making, um, you know, commitments, people are making priorities, people are making what they call New Year's resolutions, which what 90% of people will break them in the, in the, uh, or fail to follow through them in 48 hours. But we're asking for something very, very different, a commitment, right? For you're going to get empowerment, engagement. Um, and that's one of the reasons that we do this show to, to basically support your human agency. Nothing could be more important for you to immerse yourself in for knowledge than what's going on because in the lived experience of this audience and i'm not talking about the people sitting around today uh watching the rose parade they also have the show on they have five-year-old kids i mean if you're you know 50 years old within your lived experience well within your lived experience we are going to hit the singularity i've been saying this for a long time i think we're 10 years away max and joe allen's done a great job you got Thousands of people, tens of thousands of people walking around on the planet right now that are self-admitted cyborgs that have had implants. You got Elon Musk, the man of the year of the Financial Times, the man of the year of the Econo of the uh, Time magazine, who's actively saying, hey, he's going to have chips in people's brains, all for altruistic reasons, just to help the paraplegic, just to help the, the infirmed. Sure, Elon, he's going to have that in the fall of 2022. So, Joe Allen, put it in perspective. You've got uh, Sophie. I had to play that one again because when we played the first time the other day, so many people got creeped out. They were they were calling me. Particularly, you said, hey, you got to understand something. This, at its core, is a religion. And I said, it's like paganism. This is, this is, this is a core. It is scientism. It's like a medieval theology. Joe Allen. Undoubtedly. And I think it's something, it's a label that they themselves the the transhumanists or the cult of the singularity in general they do not like the term religion because most of them not all but most uh have no use for religion whatsoever and have no belief in god whatsoever that really is what necessitates creating god right for them you have to create a higher being because that god does not yet exist i think uh, you know when ray kurzweil was asked uh, do you believe that God exists? He says something like, no, not yet. And that's an old quip. And it's, it's really important to understand that the intention behind a lot of these developments is to basically create structures, to create technologies, to create a new techno culture that will ultimately replace the aspirations and the belief systems 
of the traditional religious beliefs that we've we've all known throughout the history of you know modern civilization and on before. So this this Sophia is really important to look at this thing's originators, right? The people who created this creature, and uh, we saw a video the other day of David Hansen Hansen Robotics in Hong Kong, and he's the one that's primarily on the robotic side, right? He's doing the face of these creatures. But behind him is Ben Gertzel. And we'll see a clip of Ben Gertzel talking after the break, but just to give you an idea of where he's coming from, he is the founder, along with David Hansen, of SingularityNet. And he positions himself as being a hopeful for the creation of artificial general intelligence. And SingularityNet is a little different from a lot of the other you know, software or robotics companies in that it aspires to be decentralized. He himself is not, at least you know, in his presentation, uh, not a very sinister character. It's the ideas behind uh, that presentation, though, that really concern me. So SingularityNet is just a, a, a sweeping platform of artificial intelligences. And those artificial intelligences are allowed to speak with one another, so to speak, right? They're, they, they communicate with one another, just as they're also uh, you know, able to communicate with humans through various other platforms, including uh, robots like Sophia or their new hospital robot, Grace, or Hans, or any of the other ones, right? So the idea behind SingularityNet is that you create this vast global brain that is constructed of decentralized artificial intelligences that are going to be able to ultimately improve one another through cross-communication. And the hope, the hope is to create, again, something like a god, something that is more powerful, more intelligent, more perceptive than human beings. You see this idea in Ray Kurzweil with the concept of the singularity. He puts the, the, the pin on 2045. You see it in Kai-Fu Lee's work. He doesn't believe in a singularity, so to speak, but he does believe that artificial intelligence, the entities that, that are driven by artificial intelligence will become sort of like ghosts or spirits or guardian angels looking over our shoulders. You see it in Eric Schmidt and Henry Kissinger's book in the Age of AI and on and on and on. This notion of an alien mind that is in some sense more powerful and more perceptive than human beings that will in some sense replace the age of reason with the age of AI. That it will replace traditional religious structures with a new evolving religion, you would call it life 3.0. That is the self-conception of the people making these things. And they aren't, these, these not the artificial intelligence and the robotics may look clunky today, but if you look at them 10 years ago, they are light years beyond where they were then. And it's quite conceivable that within another 10 years, you're going to see that exponential rise, that, that sort of, uh, you know, that, that, that Moore's Law 2.0 in machine learning, artificial intelligence, robotics, gene editing, all of it. One way or the other, it Here's can stay the same, yeah. still going to be disruptive. Here, here's why we spend so much time on this, and we're spending much more time on it. I've got a pretty good, I think, track record of kind of seeing over the other side of the hill of events and, and things that are important before others notice them or and, and oftentimes can, 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 drive, can drive that. The whole thing with climate change 
and the discussions on climate change. It's, it's one thing. This is here and real. This is not science fiction. There's actually no debate over this. And there's no, and they don't want to debate over it. They're putting out things now like the Kissinger book with, um, with, um, Schmidt to kind of normalize it. They're putting out Elon Musk as like the happy face in this thing. This is as dangerous to mankind as this is a thousand times. They just had the comedy about the meteor going to hit. It was supposed to be the analogy to uh, climate change. This is real. Everything we tell you is not science fiction in this aspect of it. It's all science fact. And as it's kept into the verticals and it kept, you go to Drudge, it's all over the page and different things until you pull it together and you see and go, wow, I kind of can look down range and see where all this is heading. It's heading to a convergence point. That convergence point is a singularity. That is artificial general intelligence beyond artificial intelligence, regenerative robotics beyond robotics. We have no control of this right now. Here's the Greek tragedy part of it. It is your money. It's your pension funds and your tax dollars that are driving this. All next in the war room. First of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. Okay, welcome back. It's our first show of the year because it's the first day of the year. I want to make sure everybody out there having a mimosa or having a bloody we're working off last night or some that are still rolling from last night. I realize this is a this is a topic. Uh, the first hour was to go through everything in the valley decision we have in front of us. This is part of it. I'd love to be able to tell you something that you know pat you on the head and make you feel better, but this is reality, and this is going to get down to the politics of it hasn't kicked in yet. The politics is going to kick in in a big way. One thing I can assure you, as sure as the turning of the earth, that this is going to be a massive political issue about the control of this, the control of this, because it is out of control. And call me a Luddite, but this is out of control. And it's going to a very dangerous place um, with very dangerous people that are looking to capitalize on this, not just for control, but for also making money. And we've got to address this. You've got to understand it. And we're going to have to go from there. And kicking off the New Year's, I want to make sure that you uh, take some time and please support our one of our top sponsors, MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com. Promo code WARROOM. I don't think I've said that the entire show. Promo code WARROOM. 600 items on sale. It's the new year. Kick off with some sheets, pillows, towels, moccasin slippers, the throw blankets, all of it. 600 items. Most of those on sale and really dramatic sales as we kick off the new year. So make sure that you go and support the, your humble servants at the WARROOM apparatus. Um, we got a we've got a cold open. Let's go and play that. It's a couple minutes long, but Joe Allen, it's very important, and Joe Allen's going to deconstruct it for you. So let's go down where we can play the cold open. What people are worried about more than anything when it comes to technology, I think, is the idea that we're going to be uh, irrelevant, that we're going to be uh, antiques, and that something new and better is going to take our place. Which is it's a weird which is thing almost to worry inevitable. It's it's almost inevitable by this point that humanity is going to create synthetic intelligences with tremendously greater general intelligence and practical capability 
than human beings have. I mean, I think I know how to do that with the software I'm working on with my own team. But if we fail, you know, there's a load of other teams who I think are a bit behind us, but are going in the same direction. But the most important thing is that humanity as a whole is quite close to this this threshold event, right? So, How far do you think it's quite close? By my own gut feeling, five to 30 years, let's say. To be honest, I mean, in a certain part of my mind, I, I can think, well, like in, in the end, I don't matter that much. My four kids don't matter that much. My granddaughter doesn't matter that much. Like we are patterns of organization in a very long lineage of patterns of organization. But they matter very much to you. Yeah, and, and right. other, you know, dinosaurs came and went, and Neanderthals came and went. Humans may come and go. The AIs that we create may come and go, and that's the nature of the universe. Will, you, will, they, will they be capable of good and evil, or will those categories be retired once we get to doing these complicated operations. If I have to make a guess, those categories will probably be replaced by something subtler. My best guess of what, how the future will turn out is not that all humans will be annihilated and, and, and will not exist any further. And I, I think that there, there can be superhuman superminds that are far beyond anything we can conceive. And there can also be AIs of roughly human-level intelligence that exist in the human world. I mean, one, one opportunity, you can plug your brain into this superhuman mind matrix and, and, in effect, become part of some transhuman god mind, thus losing yourself and individuality but, but, but and, and humanity. But let, 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 let me finish, because we keep getting caught up on this point. But I, I think there will also be an opportunity to continue living a human life in much the same form as now, except with a whole AI-driven infrastructure that will 3D print any physical object that you want, that will cure any any disease that, that you may get, and that will regulate things so that people don't blow each other up and, and such. Nobody knows, but the way I think about it is humans will be sort of like the squirrels in the national park. Meaning, we don't interfere with the love lives of the squirrels in the park. And if one squirrel bites the other's head off, we don't necessarily stop them because we view that as, like, that's what squirrels do, right? But if I think you need to find a better way to sell your ideas. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I phrase it that way just to be annoying. It works quite but, well. But the, the point is, if there's a plague in the park then the ranger will come in and, and cure the plague, right? So, I mean, or if, kill all it, the school. Or, if the, or if there's a forest fire, mm. we will put out the fire. So, I mean, I mean if, there's, if there's something extreme happening, then the more intelligent being overlooking the situation will intervene because we don't care that much about whether one squirrel lives or dies, but we do want that species and, and population to continue, right? So that, 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 mm. that, that, that's my best guess. Okay, so you patterns of organization out there, these squirrels in the park. I hope you're enjoying that bloody. I want to turn to Joe Allen. Um, that's reality right now. This is how these people are thinking. And no, it's not going to be all human beings. There'll still be 500 million of our overlord elites that will uh, that will be part of this. Everybody else will be, hmm, I don't think, I think not here. Joe Allen. You know what I find really interesting about this idea that technology is evolving uh, sort of like an organism, you know, human beings evolving for 250,000 years or so, you know, civilization evolving for 10,000 years or so. 
And, you know, now we have this new being that will evolve beside us and it will either uh, be our symbiotic partner or we'll fuse into it and it will gradually replace us and all of that. This notion that it's evolution is absolutely absurd, right? I mean, it, it's not, you're not talking about an Allosaurus gradually evolving into a Tyrannosaurus. Uh, you're not talking about, you know, rat-like mammals gradually evolving into apes. You're talking about something that's much more akin to a meteor strike smashing into the planet and basically either upending or completely eradicating everything that came before. I, you know, Ben Gertzel is a very complicated figure. I don't want to demonize him. But I think that even with his sort of quasi-Buddhist notion that all forms are constantly changing, this sort of notion, the Buddhist notion of anika, of, of, of impermanence, and so that if all things are impermanent, then it really is irrelevant if human beings can, you know, continue or not. Uh, it's absolutely absurd, and it's absolutely anti-human. No human lineage would continue with such an attitude, and the human race as it exists today will not continue with that sort of attitude. I think that whether he intends it or not, whether all of the people who you know prophesy or advocate for this singularity, this rise of a super you know superhuman computer god. I don't know if they intended or not. I suspect that many of them do, but the ultimate impact is to demoralize people so that our human endeavors are now irrelevant in the face of this artificial God. That, to me, is the biggest concern. Whether it comes or not, it's this cultivation of the belief that an artificial, physical, computer God would ever exist, and it's the cultivation of the belief that all of the other more ancient modes of spiritual transcendence are in fact pale shadows to this new coming technological singularity that will completely obliterate all human life and ultimately, in some sense, all life as we once knew it. Let me, I, I want to take this for our audience. You have three things. You know, people back starting in the 50s, uh, you know, the, the UFO movies and all the issues about Roswell and everything like that. And you've seen now that they've leaked that I think it's one of the government agencies has paid for theologians to actually work through what will happen with the UFOs. They've had all the release. And trust me, if they're releasing uh, uh, gun sight footage from Navy fighter planes, my kid brother being a Navy pilot, if they're, and I worked as a special assistant to this chief of naval operations in a previous life when I was younger, if the United States Navy is is putting out gun sight footage on UFOs, there's somebody somewhere that's trying to say, hey, you know, uh, get this into the conversation. And as much as they try to force into the conversation, it hasn't really had that much uptake. It just hasn't. The, the climate change, and if you take climate change UFOs and transhumanism, climate change, and this is why they just made the movie Don't Look Up, because they and they make it a parallel to that meteor. And, oh, it's going to end the world, but nobody's focused on it, right? And they've tried to sell that, but still when they do all the public polling, etc., they don't have any, very little pickup. Transhumanism, which they've separated out to all these verticals, <laughs> this, is, this, is the, <laughs> this is the real deal. You don't, you don't have to worry about the, the aliens coming from some other, the planet Zarkon. Okay, I'm going to sit here and like childhood's end, going to show up and we'll normalize it for 
100 years, 50 years, the spaceships will be there, then they'll come down, they'll look like devils, but it won't matter because it'll be normalized they're here. This is here today. These are conferences every day. In every, There are labs all over the world, and not just making Frankenstein monsters. I'm talking about in labs doing advanced chip design in, in, in Taiwan, doing regenerative robotics. You know, you get those little robotic dogs, and people freak out about that. They got things that are a thousand times more sophisticated than that. And that's get into uh, uh, regenerative robotics. If you look at those verticals, you don't need the aliens coming down and saying, you know, we're here to help. This is happening today, and it's happening today uh, every day. And it's accelerating at an accelerating rate today. And you can see by that conversation where intellectuals are having these conversations. And when you sit there, you go, holy mackerel, what are these guys talking about? They're talking about realities that exist today that are accelerating accelerating rate and are going to be before us before mankind can respond. Joe Allen. You know, it's funny you mentioned the, the you know, popularization of UFO phenomena and, uh, you know, the, the normalization that UFOs are aliens and that they're making contact with human beings. You know, this really, that movement that we just saw last summer began in 2017 uh, with a lot of the classic New York Times article on the, the, the naval sightings, and it has just ramped up since then. 2017 was also the year that there was a major push to get the concepts of transhumanism out into the public mind through everything from National Geographic uh, to The Guardian in London, uh, a, a lot of stories even in uh, the New York Times, if I recall correctly. It, it was a huge push to normalize both concepts simultaneously. And in the field of artificial intelligence, at least a lot of the, the public spokespeople, they talk about AI as an alien mind. Kevin Kelly, founder of Wired Magazine, talks about how AI is best thought of as if, as if an alien being had come down from another yes. planet and was now impacting yes. life on Earth. And I think that that is a, a very good metaphor, but it's also a terrifying one. It's terrifying. And Kevin Kelly's a very, very, very smart guy. Okay, short commercial break. It's the first day of a new year. It's the first day of the rest of your life. What is that life going to be like? And are you going to be on watch? Are you going to be on at the ramparts in the last days of the Homo sapiens? There's a replacement theory out there. It's not about ethnicity. It's not about race. That's all misses the point. There's a replacement conversation going on all over the place behind closed doors. It's for replacing man with postman, the Homo sapien 2.0 or life 3.0. Take a short commercial break. Be back with our editor of all things transhumanism, Joe Allen, in a moment in the war room. If you identify with the principle with the principle that's animating the flesh, then you know we can identify with with futures that use vastly different um, technological sort of stacks. Like they have vastly different flesh. Maybe their flesh is silicon instead of. So you're carbon, an right? feminist. I, I think ultimately we end up there. I, I, for now, I'm actually like pretty anti-transhumanist. I think I think it's all fake. But um, in terms of like taking the, the scientific worldview seriously and projecting us forward and projecting our destiny forward, 
I think you end up there. Um, but like, it's not this kind of self-worshipping transhumanism, which is, I think, what has become dominant, where it's like, oh, we're going to use AI to like enhance our pleasure or like whatever. Like, it, it, this is really stupid self-referential visions. But it, it's like, no, our, our like glorious descendants that are smarter than anything else that ever has ever existed are going to like wage nuclear war across the heavens. Like that's, that's like the glorious thing that's going to happen. Right. Um, and it, you have to see it as an extension of like natural law and the beauty of, of the whole evolutionary process that we've undergone so far. And like, yeah, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be very dynamic and it's going to take a long time. Um, but I think ultimately this is, and this is my worldview speaking, right? But this is like, this is the process of creation. This is the process by which God is manifesting into the world the kind of beings he wants to have a relationship with. You, you sound like you're gripped by religious ecstasy. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemes wherever, wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. That is Mark 3, 28, 29. What did we just hear there, um, Joe Allen? We got a couple of minutes, and I got to tell you, it, these guys, it gets more and more and more radical, sir. That was the editor of Palladium Magazine, a fantastic magazine, uh, but uh, his name is Wolf Tivy, and uh, that show is uh, the subversive podcast with Alex Kashuda. She brings on all kinds of people. She's had Darren Beatty. Uh, it's a fantastic show with a wide range. Now, what's interesting about what we just heard, that is what I would say uh, I would qualify as a right-wing transhumanist perspective. This guy basically holds a religious view. He, he sees the, the process of evolution as you know a, the process of God creating and bringing out human beings and then eventually these sort of transhumanist or robotic beings that will wage war across the heavens. Um, he sees this as being in line with, in some ways, the traditional aspirations of religion. And I, I brought that in just to show the remarkable diversity of the types of people who are pushing for this. This isn't just a left-wing movement. Uh, this is a movement that, that spans really all categories. Now, one final note on Wolf TV and Palladium Magazine in general. Also, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of few weeks ago, they announced that they will soon be partnering with the World Economic Forum and presenting information on their strategic intelligence platform. So maybe it's a little more predictable than I'm... Um, giving him credit for but um, at any rate you're, you're definitely talking about a broad spectrum in this group our lord and savior jesus christ said there's only one unforgivable sin there's only one eternal sin right it's not murder it's not uh you know it's not you know sex or anything like that it's not uh, sloth or avarice or greed or anything those are all forgivable. He said, Mark 3, 28 to 30. I guess it's Mark 3, 3 28, 29. There's only one unforgivable sin, one eternal sin. And this has stumped people, the Christian apologists, 
apologetics for, for, for a millennium. One unforgivable sin, one eternal sin. That's the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. And remember, man with all his imperfections is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Joe Allen, I want to thank you. We got a lot of work to do in 2022. I couldn't think of a better way to kick off a New Year's, uh, a new year than with you, sir. Happy New Year. Thank for all the work you're doing. It's been an amazing ride so far, and I know that you're going to take us to the next level. Thank you, Steve. Much appreciated. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. Okay. We got a lot of work ahead of us. But knowing this crowd, knowing this team, knowing this posse, knowing this cadre, anything you put your shoulder to the wheel, we can do. There is nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing the American people can't accomplish. But like a Greek tragedy, our, our greatest strengths, our innovation, our technology, our capital is being turned against not just the American people, is being turned against all mankind. On that, the future will tell us. And that future starts today. We will see you Monday morning. 10 a.m. when you'll be in the war room. Happy New